America Meditating Radio Show, we collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts 24-7. Hi, I'm Sister Jenna. Join me and guest on Blog Talk Radio as we amplify stories that compel us to be more for ourselves and everyone else around us. show you something. Each day around the world, 5,000 people are infected with HIV. That was over 20 years ago. Today, an estimated one in five gay men in major U.S. cities is living with HIV. So why aren't we talking about it? Today, we have the tools to make HIV history. Let's finish what we started. Because the world needs you to live. The Miracle Medical Clinic is a clinic that has been providing quality health care services to the Houston area since 1996. In a comfortable environment, they are dedicated to helping you live a healthy lifestyle for years to come. For more information, please call 713-464-0236 or visit us at our website at www.miraclemedicalclinic.com. The Miracle Medical Clinic, where preventive health care is waiting for you. Take a break. Breathe. Why don't you visit the Peace Village Learning and Retreat Center, 518-589-5000. Get off the grid and step inside your heart. Sister Jenna guides you through a powerful, encouraging, and motivating meditation that allows you to let go and become aware of you. Regain strength, power, and peace.
Hello, everyone, and welcome to America Meditating Radio. I'm your host, Sister Jenna. We're broadcasting from the beautiful Meditation Museum in the nation's capital, a place that a lot of folks, I think, are going to be running to after January 20th. (laughs) Not to say that they haven't been running to now, pre January 20th. We hope that this day finds you in a good spirit, in a spirit of optimism, enthusiasm, looking into yourself at a level in which you feel like um, thoughts, words, and your actions are definitely instrumental in taking you where you are today and where you'll be tomorrow. One of the most important aspects is to try to understand myself better, to try to feed my mind, feed my body, and feed the soul to a level that it's just healthier. It's just living better. It's even living longer. And talking about living longer, stay tuned. We're going to have Dr. Alyssa Appel on the air. And we're going to be having a conversation on her new book release called The Hello, Mary Effort. I hope I did okay with that. It's a revolutionary approach to living younger, healthier, and longer. And before we get Dr. Appel on the air, let's just do a little minute of meditation together and get ourselves centered. And what I've been asking everyone to do is to keep sending these pure wishes to our world, to ourselves, to our humanity, definitely to our country that's definitely in need for a purification of heart in mind, just being, just beingness. All right, so take a deep breath, and from our Off the Grid into the Heart Meditation City, I'd like to play this for all of us. In this meditation, I invite you to become aware of the two types of consciousness that reside within the soul. Let us choose the consciousness of light over the darkness of past stories the history that gets into our way. Let us now remember our connection to the Supreme Energy, the Supreme Soul, the Being of Light. For far too long, we have allowed the external forces to dictate our inner force. And at this time, I choose to get off the grid and step inside the heart to be myself. I choose to no longer be under the influence of what the world tells me, what my parents have told me, my spouse friends, or anyone who has been a negative influence in my life. In this meditation, I stand strong in the original, eternal, imperishable worth of the soul. I, the being of light, the soul of power, I step into the heart and I become a being of love, a being of light and goodness. Welcome back. Being of Goodness, that was from Off the Grid into the Heart Meditation CD. The American Meditating Radio Show is proud to welcome Alyssa Appel, Ph.D., 
Dr. Appel is a leading health psychologist who studies stress, aging, and obesity, and investigates the depths and intricacies of the mind-body connection. Dr. Appel is a director of the Aging Metabolism and Emotions Center for the University of California, San Francisco, and is the associate director of the Center for Health and Community. Dr. Pell is also a member of the National Academy of Medicine and serves on the scientific advisory committees for the National Institute of Health and the Mind and Life Institute, and she's a sought-after speaker and has appeared on many broadcasts, including 60 Minutes, ABC Nightly News, 2020, and the Today Show, to name just a few. Along with her colleague, Elizabeth Blackburn, a Nobel Prize winner, she co-authored a soon-to-be-released book entitled The Teleomary Effect, a revolutionary approach to living younger, healthier, and longer. And today we're happy to welcome Dr. Elissa Appel to America Meditating Radio. Hi, Dr. Appel. How are you? Hello, Sister Jenna. I am wonderful, especially after your lovely meditation. Thank you. And very happy to be on your show. Oh, well, a very happy new year to you. And I know that we're going to be entering into 2017 where there might be a lot of duress on our emotions or expectations or maybe sometimes just handling sometimes our state of confusion, not knowing if we're coming or going, if, if anything seems to make any sense anymore. And I know mm. that you've received a number of awards for your groundbreaking work in psychology. I mean, just as a psychologist, looking at the times that we are we have encountered in the last, let's say, three or four months in particular, and looking ahead at what sometimes our sense of expectations might be. As a psychologist, what do you think we need to start to be prepared for as people? Because it's sort of overwhelming for the average mind person, and it's even overwhelming for individuals who are even very deeply religious or even spiritual. There's just something in the atmosphere that, you know, white just doesn't seem white anymore. Things just don't seem mm -hmm. the way that they seem. So what are your thoughts mm -hmm. on that? Well, I couldn't agree more. It's a very intense, chaotic, emotional period. And I, I think we have these two major tasks ahead of us. As you said, there's a difficulty with truth. And, and we rely so much on honesty and news. And that's how we understand the world. And so when that tries to get all blurred, and, you know, it's very disconcerting with all the fake news. And so, as I was saying, I think we are entering this, this tumultuous period where our foundational values as Americans are trying to be turned upside down. And we have these two tasks. One is we must take care of ourselves and our communities. And that starts with, as you said, looking inward and insight and understanding our own feelings and thoughts during this time and being very compassionate, self-compassionate, and then outward to realizing how much we affect our family and our community and how contagious emotions are. So we all have a very big important role to do every day from the moment we wake up, being grateful for what we have, being present and loving to those we're around because we're all under, as you said, tremendous stress we, and uncertainty. And then I guess the other part is we, of course, need to still not tune out and not care, but actually be vigilant and be activists wherever we can see we make a difference. 
What's been interesting is that, you know, let's just say in November, we saw a very active community of Americans expressing some of their fears or concern. And, and here we are in January, and there are just, I think, life as usual, stuff as usual that's just emerging. And it just seems as if we are becoming a little bit numbified again, like going back to sleep or becoming not as active internally and externally in our lives. I can't say I'm just making a very generic statement, so please don't, you know, totally put that down. But it's just this feeling like you feel powerless, so you don't know what to do. When you've been traumatized and your voice is silenced, you just basically get adjusted to the normalcy of something that's quite abnormal. And mm-hmm. I'm just curious, what are some thoughts would you share with some of our listeners who might be just getting onto the path of turning inwards? And turning inwards doesn't feel very comfortable because it's not a place that I'm accustomed to living. And so just a step or two that you could help them to find some comfort in that practice. People who are st- mm. who are starting to try to understand that there's something inside of them that's being called, there's something within that has to become stronger because nothing outside of them they can control anymore or say, I want mm-hmm. to make a difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. I think it's upon all of us to be looking inside and looking at home and doing housekeeping, you know, at this time when we can't necessarily, we need to keep our eyes and ears vigilant how we can help if there's a vote that matters in the future. But in the meantime, there is a lot of, you know, inner work and housework, I think, that we should be all being very kind of taking very seriously. So, you know, one of the things that I've realized in writing this book, The Telomere Effect, is that there are many, many things that we can do that put our body and mind in a balanced, restorative state. And I think that meditation is the most studied, and so we talk about it the most in our research and our book. But there are other things that people can do that we put in the category of these mind-body activities. And so... There's something for everyone, and they need to find what it is. And there are so many wisdom traditions. And so I'm just going to, you know, name off a few. But in addition to different types, well, let let me talk about the cell aging system because, of course, that's what I have been immersed in the 10 years. And so the question we've been asking is what helps? slow down ourselves from aging and the types of things that have been studied so far that look like they're helpful is really a wide range of these mind-body activities that are giving a break to our kind of our doing mind and our needing to achieve and putting us in more of a restorative state. It can be moving meditation like qigong or yoga, particularly this chanting type of yogic move called Kirtan Kriya. Um, Mm -hmm. Prayer has not been studied, but we do know that there are so many similarities with repetitive prayer and being in a spiritual place and context that does put the body into a more meditative state. The other things are mindfulness meditation, and we have been studying also mantra meditation. And all of these do seem to really not just reduce physiological arousal, but possibly slow the telomere shortening. And I can describe Mm -hmm. what those are in a bit. So there's 
so I personally think meditation is very powerful because you can get to know the mind so well and to be with negative states, but it isn't for everyone. And I think there is so many different, you know, menu of different restorative activities. I'm a big proponent of people get a chance to try to go to a place where they can take a variety of classes. It might be a retreat center or a, you know, a healing center, but there are so many different practices and everyone's so different. And we need to try on these different things and and really see what fits for our daily life. Mm, That's good. It's good to know. Because it's true, not everybody is suitable for meditation. I think each of us are souls in our journey traveling at our own speed and in our own style. And I think that when we get older internally, in terms of spiritual journey, in terms of been there, done that, and see more, we tend to be a little bit more introspective. Congratulations on your upcoming new release, The Teliomere Effect. And of course, I'm going to need you to explain what that means and why is it so important that you had to name a book on this along with your wonderful friend, Elizabeth Blackburn. Yes, it's a good question. We've been studying this cell aging system for, I guess it's been 15 years, and Elizabeth discovered this about almost 30 years ago when she was studying little cells and how they age, and it turns out that the ends of the chromosomes that hold our genes have these protective structures, these caps called telomeres, and so... They're made up of DNA, but they're not genes. They're just these protective caps that are very sensitive to what's in our body, what the cell environment is like. So when there's any kind of stress, and now that stress can come from any source, psychological, chemical, diet. When there's stress in the cell, the telomere is feeling the stress and is shortening in response. And we don't want telomeres to shorten because they shorten a little bit naturally with age, but when, they're, when they shorten because of a stressful lifestyle or stresses in our environment, then we find that people get diseases early in life. So the longer our telomeres are, the more statistically likely we are to live healthy longer and live mm. to our 90s without disease. And so we really want to think about what are the things that are protecting our telomeres and what is shortening them. And so we talked about these mind-body activities, Qigong, meditation. These are very restorative. And if we can even do these five or ten minutes a day, can make, we think this can make a big difference and really add up over our years of life. Wow, that's amazing. Now, how long did it take you to do research on this particular area, and is there research still happening even after? Yes, good question. We've been, first in our study, we started this, and I think it was 2003, and that study was of moms caring for children with chronic conditions, like a medical condition or autism, and that was the first time we saw this relationship between feelings of stress and shorter telomeres, also with more oxidative stress, so more free radicals in the blood that was, uh, that was also associated with shorter telomeres, now, and also with higher stress. So we kind of saw this, and we thought, wow, I wonder what else this means. What, how far does this relationship extend? So we and, and many other labs across the world have been showing in large 
small to large samples and samples of, you know, say 100,000 people, that shorter telomeres predicts early disease. It is, they're shortened by depression and anxiety disorders. And we can see the shortening early in life. And so when we look at kids, kids who are exposed to more violence, bullying, more, I guess, witnessing domestic violence in the home, sexual abuse, physical abuse, these very serious toxic stressors, these Mm -hmm. are what related to the shortening in the kids. But not only that, when we look at the grown-ups decades later, we still see shortness. And so we think Mm -hmm. that the big lesson here is we must protect our children. It's a very vulnerable period. And so the insults that stress causes to our body are more likely to last if they happen when we're very young. So we mm-hmm. really, you know, emphasize this idea of mothers, pregnant mothers, and young children must be treated differently in terms of protecting them from more from poverty and violence. Those are what we think of as the toxic stressors. And you know what's funny, Dr. Ippel, is that thoughts are so important. They're the most important level of awareness or energy that we possess. And we don't have a lot of study on that. We don't have a lot of study on on decoding what really is a negative thought. I mean, sometimes we think our thoughts are justified. You know, like some thoughts are justified. You know, you cheated on me, so I'm going to get back at you and et cetera, et cetera. Not being aware of how that level of thought is working on you cellularly, but also just spiritually, what it's doing to you at a much deeper soul level. Now, has there been any, I'm just curious, has there been any research or work done so far on thought? Like, where do thoughts emerge from and how do we change thoughts? Or would you say that it's going into maybe a practice of meditation or yoga or reading some positive affirmations that that helps? I'm just curious. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a really interesting area, and um, this would be you know partly the domain of cognitive psychology, where people are really trying to understand the habits of thought and how they're related to emotion and well-being. So this whole mix of how the content of our thoughts and also the the style of our thoughts are shaping our health. Mm. So one way when we talk about style, we think a lot about how we have habits of thinking the same thing over and over. So before something stressful happens, we might be worrying about it. And that can go on and on. After it happens, we might be still thinking about it, ruminating, perseverating. That can go on and on. So noticing what are my thoughts right now is this really important window and moment where you can step back and become aware that you might be chewing on a negative thought and you don't need to. And then we can mm-hmm. just let it go and laugh at ourselves. You know, it's this awakening and insight of looking in. <laughs> but then we need that those skills to also to laugh and notice that doesn't mean it's true. It's just a thought. So it is this ongoing process that is so, I think, helpful, but we need support in it. Because like you said, we don't, we're not trained to look in and we're not trained to know what to do with what we see and the habits we notice. And so... You know, we need this cultural shift so that we value that ability of meta, you know, what we call in research metacognition, looking above mm-hmm, our thoughts. Mm-hmm. So 
observing them, letting them flow instead of getting sticky and gunking up our, you know, our tension. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we need to think about kids, training them early on in the mind. Right. I agree with that one. That's for sure. Does this connect a lot to like the way that we eat, our eating habits? I mean, some of the studies that you've done, there's a lot of issues, especially in America, with emotional eating. We're an emotional species, maybe not as much as other countries around the world, but we still get into it. You know, we get highs, we get lows. And a lot of times we express the way that we're feeling in eating habits. So how does that emotional eating affect our metabolism and even aging? Yes, great, great question. There are ways that we eat that are also automatic and unconscious. And, you know, that's good because we survive as a species because we don't need to put a tremendous amount of attention into eating. But then that's bad when we're surrounded by, the you know, highly palatable sugar, fat, all layers and layers of, you know, flavor, and that overstimulates our brain so that we can't just be on autopilot or we overeat, and we are so good at becoming somewhat kind of addicted or rewarded by the sugar, fat, and salt together. So the research has really dived into that sugar, sugar, sugar is is what is emerging as the real culprit. And what's so tough is that everything has, you know, added sugar and then there's the, the sugary drinks. And so we just try to focus on the sugary drinks as let's just try to get rid of those because those are the most toxic and, and they mm-hmm. are addictive. And so, you know, we found that they shorten, they're associated with shorter telomeres, the, the sugared sodas, but not the diet sodas and not the juice. You know, that surprised mm-hmm. us. But um, really, those sugary sodas just stand out as being even more toxic. Wow. Um, Don't even so be drinking train- that after this interview. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> Won't tough, be touching that at all. <laughs> right. We cut sugar drinks out on our whole campus. Can't be found wow. anywhere at UCSF. And, you know, the people we've talked to and interviewed, they understand it's to help them. And the people who are drinking the most, you know, like a liter a day of, of Coke, they have ha- benefited the most. They have had dramatic mm-hmm. reductions. They could go buy it. They could, you know, bring it from home, but they're they're not. So that was a nice surprise that people want the help. We've got to get it out of our environment. Can't rely on people Beautiful. to fight it if it's right in front of them. And so we teach people mindful eating in our weight loss studies, and we pretty much feel that changing the number on the scale is just, such an uphill battle given our metabolism, you know, the resistance of our metabolism to uh, to keep weight off. And so we really train people to eat mindfully, which will lead them to less overeating. So checking in right before they eat, less overeating, and making healthier choices. And we have found health improvements long-term, like a year after the training, we found better glucose. And boy, does that matter more than, you know, the pounds on the scale. It's what's inside. It's the metabolic health that we care about. So we're pretty excited about mindful eating. Again, it's a habit of checking in before you eat, and it certainly helps to have your friends and family on board so that you're, you're not surrounded by the donuts and the soda and maybe even, you know, adding prayer to that at the dinner table. right. We have that practice. We have a practice where we eat in silence. Mm -hmm. One is we actually prepare the food in silence. 
We eat the food mm-hmm. in silence. And I felt that the digestion and just the sense of respect for the body increases, which I feel can go a long way if you're creating that within your DNA as a pattern. Mm -hmm. Any thoughts about like vegan, because our producer Antonia is a vegan, the only one in the family. We're vegetarians and she's like, Mm -hmm. if you do vegan, you'll even feel better. And a friend of mine in Australia... She went on a vegan diet for about Mm. two years, and at 50, even some diseases or illnesses that she had were just gone. Amazing. Do you think like vegetarian? Well, I admire admire Antonia. If my family would be a vegan, I would, but I can't do it alone. You know, it's just (laughs) not not in this current life. (laughs) Um, Right, right. I'm a vegetarian. I do think that, um, that it is, you know, it's been shown to promote excellent health. It partly depends on the person. I think we're all so different genetically. And so, you know, maybe we're not all meant to be vegans, but I think it's worth trying if people are able to. What we recommend in our book is try to be meat-free for a day. Try every Tuesday or try it for a week or at least reduce the amount of meat. Meat is one of the few foods that's popped up as being linked to shorter telomeres. So that means quicker cell aging. And it's not all meat. It's the processed meat. But, boy, that's what's around us, right? That's the hot dogs, Mm -hmm. sausages. So, you know, it is possible to find, you know, chemical-free meat, animals that didn't suffer, more free-range animals. And we should, and it's expensive as it should be. You know, this is Mm -hmm. such a tax on our resources and the earth. And so we should pay more for that and we should eat it very infrequently. You know, that was our message is less meat we must, you know, for our cells health, for the for sustainability reasons. It's really important. I wanna just before I forget, since we only have a few minutes, you'd mentioned, you know, mm-hmm. what what about thoughts? Uh how mm-hmm. can you know we tackle this whole new world of realizing how important our thoughts are. So two thoughts on that. One is I did want to mention one of the studies that we think is so interesting, and it's just a first step, but we just ask people, like, how focused are you on what you're doing right now? And in the last week, just give an estimate of how much you've been really engaged in what you're doing. And then we also ask them, and how much have you been wishing you weren't right here right now? You're wishing you were somewhere else or doing something else. And you're probably thinking to yourself that is suffering. That's unhappiness. You know, those thoughts are just the opposite of being content and being present. So anyway, what we found was that the pre- being engaged and present was associated with longer telomeres. So that, and then conversely, being doing this, the negative mind-watering, wishing you were somewhere else or doing something else mm-hmm. was related to greater cell aging. And so, you know, this is... Mm-hmm. This is a clue about the importance of not just stress, but presence of mind as a restorative mm-hmm. state. And boy, well, what if we all listen to American Meditating Radio more? I mean, your influence and the content, so few people are exposed to this. And it's such a gift and such a, mm-hmm. you know, something we need, not just once, we need a little bit every day. Mm-hmm. I get that. I get that. And I think that it's funny because as we're observing the story in our country, 
quite uncertain, I am also finding that individuals are in some sense searching for some deeper meaning. And so perhaps even conversations like what we're having, individuals will begin to run more in serving that level of thought for them because mm-hmm. I do believe I do believe your thoughts impact not only the way you emotionally feel but physically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, in so many ways, and the telomere is just one—you know—it's one window in. But there's so many other bodily systems and how we regulate hormones, stress hormones, sex hormones, all the kind of restorative or housekeeping functions of the body. It's completely intricately related with our mindset. Mm-hmm. Our neighborhoods, unsafe neighborhoods are also, when we feel unsafe, that's also associated with the, with the greater cell aging. So I think we need to think about our communities and that cell aging is not just in our body, it's between us and outside of our body. And so it's that mm. safeness and the smiles that we give to people, mm-hmm. the helping neighbors, these matter more than we think. I agree with you there. Tell our listeners where we can get a copy of the book. Is the book out as yet, or is it coming out in January? January 3rd, just a few days. Wow. Yeah, thank you. We're very, very excited to have people read it, and we hope it's helpful to people. It has a lot of tips, a lot of practical tips. So the book website is www.telomereeffect.com, and telomere is T E L O. M-E-R-E, effect, E-F-F-E-C-T, telomereeffect.com. Beautiful. Wishing you all the success and hope to learn more about your effect so that we can keep amplifying healthy communities and healthy and healthy heart. Thank you so much. It's been wonderful to talk with you. Same here, Dr. Ipel. All the very best. Take care. Take care. So as you've heard it, extensive research, our thoughts do matter. Our thoughts are affecting our cellular levels, our way of aging, living healthier. And I know sometimes you'll see people who you might go, they've been doing meditation, they've been doing that, and they're in that condition. Just put aside all of that. No matter what you say or do, if you are a better person, good will come to you. No one has any information on our past deeds and what we've been up to. And sometimes they have a way of just popping their little faces up and going back down. But just keep believing in your power of good thoughts and good feelings, I do know that they make a difference. Remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission, and we are here to love each other the same. Happy New Year, everyone, and take good care. Here's Dance Away by Bliss. <laughs> 